In the Garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcolgan for all your vegetable and fruit gardening needs. See keensgardencentre.ie. Yes, it is time for In the Garden and if you want to be in with a chance of winning one of two 30 euro vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre, send in any gardening questions you may have. They're already beginning to flood in. 086-1800-964 again is the text WhatsApp number. Please do include your name and location. And Mr Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre is with us as ever. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you, Alan. And uh, the weather at the moment uh, is very gardener friendly, I would suggest. So I'm sure there's a lot of Clare gardeners out uh, toiling away in their back garden with the radio on, listening to Morning Focus and sending in their questions. But before we find out what they want you to answer, you're going to talk about this week's topic, which is fantastic spring flowering shrubs, show-stopping plants to add a blast of colour to your garden. Yes, certainly. Thank you, Alan. And as as you said, it's a busy time and the weather forecast is quite good and it's been favourable over the last few days for for getting out and into the garden. So it's it certainly is um it's a, it's a good time. Spring, I always think, is it's a wonderful time in the garden. It's busy in the garden centres, but it's a wonderful time in the garden with the plants and the flowers. They're all just starting to wake up from their winter sleep and they're looking to show off their beautiful blossoms and flowers and stuff. So I've picked out some of my own favourite flowering shrubs that are suited to most gardens and they look particularly good at this time of the year and coming into the spring. So we'll, we'll have a little chat about those. Uh, hopefully later on in the day, I'll get some of the pictures of the same shrubs up on the Facebook page. So if you're not familiar with them or if you want to see what some of them would look like, check out the Facebook page and we'll have some pictures up there. But uh, my first selection are magnolias. So magnolias, these are they are beautiful shrubs and trees. They have beautiful eye-catching flowers to add a touch of glamour to the garden. They've got delightful tulip or star-like flowers uh, and they range in colours from pure white through to pink to even a deep magenta and, and even yellow. Uh, many also are, are um, quite a fragrant shrub as well. They have a lovely fragrance so it's quite a, an addition with the nice flowers. They can be deciduous or evergreen depending on the variety and they range in size from small shrubs to large trees. Most magnolias prefer kind of somewhat neutral or slightly acidic soil. So if you don't have the right soil type, uh, the smaller magnolias grow well in pots. Uh, many flower in spring, but some do flower in the summer. Um, again, going back to the soil type, you can dig in plenty of ericaceous compost into the ground and add an ericaceous feed to give them the conditions that they, that they like. Um, you can use them as a standalone specimen shrub, maybe in the centre of a lawn or something like that, or you could have them part of a mixed border, depending on the size and the varieties that you have. Uh, magnolias, they need somewhat of a sheltered spot away from very strong winds uh, to let them t- to do their best and make sure that the soil doesn't dry out, particularly in summer when we have uh, <laughs> we have a bit of dry weather. The mature plants will establish somewhat quicker uh, and make sure you wash them well after planting. A real showstopper variety is a variety called Magnolia Genie, or it's a, it's a purple magnolia. So this variety produces beautiful, lightly scented, tulip-shaped flowers in late spring. The flowers start off as kind of blackish-red bud and open to display a rich kind of maroon colour. Uh, they're frequently followed by a second round of flowering in midsummer, so there's, there's good longevity in it that way. It's perfect for even small gardens, staying nice and compact. It's an excellent choice for a cottage-style garden um, or even a town garden as well. It's slow-growing with a mature height of around maybe about 10 foot or so. Another beautiful magnolia is Stellata or the star magnolia. So this is an award-winning compact magnolia, uh, ideal for smaller gardens and looks equally beautiful when kept in a container. It produces a mass of stunning bright white star-shaped flowers opening from silky buds quite early in the springtime, uh, maybe around March and April for those. And as I said, they're gently scented. So that's the star or stellata magnolia. Both of these varieties are just budding at the moment and soon to be in flower and look really fantastic. 
Uh, Forsythia is another uh, very popular spring flowering shrub with eye-catching distinctive yellow flowers. A lot of your listeners will be familiar with those in summer uh, flowering in gardens at the moment, the yellow Forsythia. They're reliable, colourful and easy to grow spring flowering shrub. Uh, there's lots of varieties. Most will grow as a medium, maybe medium to large shrubs with a nice open informal habit. You can plant them in sun or in a bit of partial shade. I do, ideally in moist or well-drained soil using maybe something like a seaweed enriched uh, compost. They start flowering on bare branches before the leaves emerge. You can also use them, the flowering branches, for a, an arrangement inside in a vase, so they're, they're quite versatile in that way. Uh, Forsyte is perhaps underplanted with some spring flowering bulbs like tulips and daffodils will create a, a beautiful, easy-to-grow display for spring in your garden. For the best blooms, cut branches back to a pair of strong buds just after flowering. Then another uh, popular and real traditional one is the flowering currant or Ribes sanguinium. It's another fantastic spring shrub. There are a few different varieties, but the most popular variety is the Ribes King Edward VII. Really beautiful pink flowers and scented foliage. It's a real traditional tried and tested shrub that's easy to grow, fully hardy and very little maintenance needed. It grows well in a sunny spot, well-drained soil, but it will adapt to moderate shade as well and gives a nice bit of height can reach maybe six feet but if you want you can keep it cut back to maybe around four feet easily enough it's great in a mixed shrub border but you can also use it as a nice flowering hedge uh, the flowers are followed by a kind of a bluish black colored fruit in autumn um, now despite being related to currants the fruit are somewhat acidic and not usually eaten uh, they're also a very beneficial shrub for wildlife great for pollinators you can also theme those guys up with some spring flowering bulbs or um, early flowering ground cover plants for a nice bold splash of colour well before many other plants in the garden get into their stride. So with Wednesday being the 1st of March, if you're in the garden and you're looking to make a few additions of dramatic colour, there's plenty of colourful shrubs to choose from. That's just a small selection of them. Okay, brilliant topic there. And before we get to the copious amount of listeners' questions coming in for you, Tom, you've a few jobs for the gardeners to get out there and uh, get stuck in, and particularly while the weather is good. Yeah, particularly, as you said, Alan, when, when we have the opportunity and the weather's good, there's, there's um, a, few, a few suggestions, shall we say. So definitely any of your, uh, your fruit trees and fruit bushes, they can all be fed now. You can sprinkle maybe some sulphate of potash or maybe some Osmo Pro Bloom fertiliser around the base just to encourage fruiting. Um, any shrubs, the likes of dogwoods, willows and cotinus, they can be cut down to promote a more vigorous new growth. If you have any ericaceous shrubs, the likes of uh, rhododendrons, perhaps azaleas, camellias and pyrus, uh, you can feed those guys with an ericaceous fertiliser. You can use a granulated version or liquid feed for those ones. Um, roses, as we've mentioned before, they can be cut back and then tidy around the base and give a handful of a feed or mulch with manure. Um, sweet peas, you can sow some sweet peas maybe in deep pots, keep them inside, perhaps in frost-free conditions in a greenhouse or in a sunny windowsill. But good to get sweet peas started at this time of year. Blackcurrant bushes, they can be pruned by cutting out some of the oldest branches right down to the base, keeping the younger, more productive branches and creating a nice open goblet shape. Your seed potatoes, they can be chitted or sprouted at this time of the year. Uh, this is done in light, frost-free conditions. Uh, it'll help you give an earlier harvest and sometimes a bigger yield by uh, sprouting them early. You can line them up in a seed tray or maybe use an, an egg carton to, to keep them in position. And tomato plants, they'll be uh, available to us in the garden set along with some veg plants in trays for anyone who's looking to do an early start. So some tomatoes and veg available from, from this week on. 
great to know that uh, you, you mightn't be able to get tomatoes across the water, but you can still get them at Keane's Garden Centre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, lots of listeners' questions coming in. Uh, remember, 2.30 euro vouchers from Keane's Garden Centre. Up for grabs uh, for two lucky listeners. 86 1800 to send your question in. Uh, the first question today, Tom, comes from Marie in Kilmurray. She says, Alan, will you ask Tom, when you transfer roses from a pot to the garden, do you need to have manure when sowing them? And when do you cut back lavateria shrubs? Good morning, Marie. Yeah, so definitely for transferring your roses, if you're taking them from a pot and you're putting them into the garden, and now is a perfect time for doing it, I would always recommend digging in plenty of multi-purpose compost. That just helps open up and improve the soil. So plenty of a good multi-purpose compost. There are rose um, multi-purpose compost if you want to do that, but you, it doesn't need to be that specific. Any good quality multi-purpose compost will be perfect. Uh, once it's planted in the ground, make sure you firm it in quite well. So press it down with your foot and, and make sure that's firmed in quite well. And then you can mulch over the top with either a granulated uh, or a pelleted um, slow-release fertilizer, like one maybe a particular rose fertilizer and or you could even give them a mulch of a farmyard manure. So certainly plant with a bit of multi-purpose compost, firm them in quite well and um, um, make sure you give them a mulch of maybe some uh, farmyard manure after that and then you'll be well set. No harm to give them a good watering after planting and just because it's relatively newly planted, if you have any prolonged dry weather Marie, in the summer, make sure to get well watered. And then I think you mentioned the lavatera for cutting back. Usually when they finish flowering, you can give those guys a light trim. Beautiful flowers and, and a few different varieties, but Barnsley is a really nice variety, but there's um, just a, a light trim after flowering keeps them in good order. Okay, Geraldine O'Halloran is listening to Morning Focus in Rowan and says, Good morning, Tom and Alan. Good morning, Geraldine. She says she sat a cherry blossom last August and it didn't, and she didn't really notice the small shoots on the bottom of the tree. She's just wondering, is it now too late to remove these or should she leave them now until after it has blossomed? And also, what is the correct way to do this? Good morning, Geraldine. Um, so your cherry blossom, yeah, perhaps now... If, if I'm hearing correctly or if I'm interpreting your, your question correctly, you might have some sprouts coming up from the very bottom and it could be suckers. So um, you could remove those at any stage and now absolutely no harm, Geraldine, to remove them now. And you could just with a secretary cut them right down nice and as close to the, to the stem as you can get them and uh, just to rub them out. Sometimes you'll get plants will send up suckers kind of more so from the root rather from the actual um, branch uh, or the actual stem of the tree where you want branches coming from. So by all means, Geraldine, you can cut them back now with a nice, clean, sharp secretaries right down to the base. And uh, with your cherry blossoms, no more than any other flowering tree or any flowering shrub, uh, they'll soon be coming into flower. So no harm to give them a, a good, a generous handful per plant or per tree of a slow-release fertilizer just to encourage more flowers and, and maybe flowers for longer. Our good friend Kay says, good morning, Alan and Tom, and a good morning to you, Kay. Uh, She says, Tom, can you suggest small shrubs for planting in containers for the patio? I planted daffodil bulbs in containers in the autumn. They are doing very badly. I think the crows took a liking to them. Might be time for the walkie-talkies again, Kay. And she says, so I presume the walkie-talkies will have to be put to work again. Brilliant. Good morning, Kay. And, and, and yeah, maybe want to refresh the batteries in the walkie-talkies, keep those crows at bay. But certainly there's a huge range of uh, really colourful uh, colourful foliage shrubs. And, and a lot of these would be summer flowering shrubs that are uh, particularly suited to pots. Amongst my own favourite are hebes. And there's a collection of hebes. Um, and some of them will have, have really interesting names like hebe, rhubarb and custard or... Um, 
matty brown and there's loads of different variety of colourful foliage shrubs in the Hebe collection so they're really well suited to a pot what I like to do myself is if it's a kind of medium sized pot is maybe plant three shrubs into it so odd numbers tend to work best so three shrubs planted into the pot it'll just fill the pot you'll need you won't need anything else after that and it'll, it'll form a lovely rounded kind of mound with the three shrubs so definitely Hebe's um, and there's a huge range to choose from colourful foliage and flower and flowers during the summer. There are also like some nice euonymus and there's lots of other shrubs. Without a doubt, Kay, you wouldn't go wrong with some nice flowering hebes, colourful foliage and to hold that foliage all year round. So you're, you'd be well looked after. Okay, Anne in Kilchani is looking for advice on two trees that she has in pots, a magnolia and a Japanese maple. Anne says they don't grow very big, so she's wondering if they would be better off in the ground. Morning to you, Anne. So depending on the size of the pot they're in, like we mentioned magnolias earlier there, a lot of them are happy in pots. So um, over time, obviously they can outgrow the pots. But if, if they're if, the, if they're in a large pot and they're, and they're doing quite well and you're keeping up with the watering, sometimes potted plants get neglected when it comes to watering and feeding. But you could leave them in the pots as long as they haven't outgrown them. Um, the magnolias, as we mentioned earlier, they like the ericaceous feed and the ericaceous compost. So if you were tempted to plant it in the ground, get a nice sunny sheltered spot, dig a large hole with plenty of ericaceous compost and you could put the um, magnolia into that. The Japanese maple, quite nice in pots as well and, and happy to stay in a pot for, you know, as long as it's a decent sized pot for for quite a while, you know. So as long as the maple hasn't outgrown the pot, you're you're safe enough to keep it in it. Again, the maples, they can suffer from windburn, so they really prefer a sheltered spot and sometimes having them in a pot gives you more flexibility in terms of location. But again, if you did want to put it in the ground, plenty of people would grow the Japanese maples in ground. Um, just have them in a sheltered spot out of the wind because, as I said, you get a bit of windburn on the leaf and it can look a, a, bit, um, a bit unsightly after a little while. But... If they're happy in the pots and, and you keep them well fed and watered in the pots, no harm, but by all means, you, and you could put them in the ground. Okay, our next question comes from Marion Dalton McSherry in Six Mile Bridge, who's asking, is it too late to plant daffodils and tulips? Um, good morning, Marion. So most likely, like if you have some daffodil bulbs, you might as well get them in the ground. It's unlikely that they'll flower for you this year. Uh, plenty of garden centres and ourselves included would have some um, daffodils potted up in pots and if you came across those, you could plant them into, into either bigger pots or into your garden. So there would be potted options of bulbs to plant. Um, most of the actual bulbs, you wouldn't have them or certainly garden centres wouldn't have them at this time of year. So it's unlikely you'd come across them. But if you have some of your own and you haven't got around to get them in the ground, you know, you might as well either put them into a large pot or into the ground. It'll probably be more likely for next year that you'll have flowers from them. But as I said, there's options in garden centres at the moment for potted bulbs and they're, they're great for fillers either in beds or in pots. So a few options there, Marion. Pat says, uh, I have several Hebe uh, Veronica plants well established in my garden, approximately four feet in height, and they all seem to be completely brown with no sign of green through the stems. Also a bottle brush crimson well established plant beside one of them, which is also the same. Have they a disease and should I cut them back to the root? Uh, good morning, Pat. So there is potential that the um, severe cold weather we got was it just before Christmas there when we had kind of daytime temperatures, you know, close to zero or even in the minus figures and, and very cold nights might have affected those hebes and that bottle brush plant. So they could have got a lick of frost. I would certainly um, maybe with your thumbnail, give a scratch uh, on, on the on the stems, uh, on the bark and see if it's green underneath. If we we'll say towards the top of the plant, it's kind of 
dead material and snapping like a dead twig and it's not green underneath, you might as well cut back till you come into clean uh, green wood uh, when you see behind the bark. So prob- now there is a chance that um, that cold weather might have been too severe on them and they might need replacing. But if you cut them back and you can see some sign of life, uh, patch will be in good order. They will come good eventually, but it could be. I know the bottle brush and some varieties of hebes can be um, a little bit prone to severe frost and severe cold weather. So um, do that scratch test, patch, and see if there's green behind the bark. There's still hope there, but if there's not, if it's anywhere you scratch the bark, if it's brown or, or dead underneath, um, it might be something that will need uh, replacing altogether. Okay, yet more questions, but unfortunately we're out of time this week. Uh, congratulations to Marion Dalton McSherry and Six Mile Bridge and Marie and Kilmurray. You've each won yourself a €30 Euro voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. And my thanks, as always, to the man with the throbbing brain full of gardening knowledge that is uh, <laughs> Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. Tom-